In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable SARS. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present as the Binary Saga. Log entry, Vela 80. Vela Rotat 2704, cycle 5 of the 9th Annual. Hey, hey, CJ. I don't even know where to begin with this transmission. There is just so much. The fact that you have a growing school around you that, even now, continues to get larger is outstanding. Little Astra is walking, and so early? You are truly raising a gifted child, and it's obvious to see where she gets it from. By that, I mean me, of course. She's clearly taking after her Uncle Jason. You know, Mom tells me that when I was young, I was a real climber. Sure, all young villains learn swimming from the moment they are given forth, but to be walking and moving around on dry land, that's something that you have to learn. It would seem that Astra picked it up like a true villain. I'm so proud of her. Clearly, she will be able to teach her new sisters all about it. When I spoke to Mom about your second round of giving forth, her comment was, Again? So soon? Her poor little body! While she has not gone through that sort of thing before, she has had plenty of conversations with others, and even Mama Amai, about the whole process. During the older mating ceremonies, when they would gather more than one male together and produce multiple children at once, the children are much smaller, so it's easier to carry them to full term. While, yes, Amai did give forth to five babies, it was a normal occurrence, and when she would talk about it, she says she didn't feel like she had grown too large of a size, relative to all that she was carrying. Joru had only given forth to Pei, and when we would visit her at the creche, she hardly looked any different. I believe I mentioned that the outlook on the larger-scale mating ceremonies has changed in the last few rotats. This is largely due to the Vilet and the extension of life here. With so many Velens living longer, there isn't as much of a drive to have multiple births to help with the population anymore. You see, one of the biggest differences between our pregnancies and yours, aside from, well, everything, is that Velens can only give forth once in their lifetimes. This is why the ceremonies are such a big deal here. Our physiology has to be in perfect alignment with our mates and the circumstances have to be just right. There are many couples who prepare and even get to the point of entering into the ceremonial pool and are still unable to conceive, which is why everyone here was so excited to hear that you had given forth two lovely daughters. When I got your message, I called up both Aaron and Mom and had them on screen when I read the last part of it out loud to them. Not the Raythea part, I think that would have been weird but the postscript. When I read out the names of your new little girls, I paused after Castilla Frida Jorgensen to check mom's reaction. She started to flood on the spot and held her hand to her heart. And then I read, and this is Ragna Ori Neufspart. CJ, I thought the connection was faulty because her image just froze. It wasn't until I looked closer and saw the streams of tears flowing down her face that I knew she was still there. Erin was on the other side of the screen, screaming and clapping. I think she even ran around the room back home a little. 
Mom just sat there with the largest smile on her face. While Astra may take after me with how fast she's learning and moving, the twins certainly take after you because they know how to make an entrance into a room and they leave everyone speechless. I don't think you're going to have any issues with clothing, toys, or decorations for the children's rooms as you should be receiving the latest shipment from the delivery probe with gifts for Astra. I am told that there is a large crate of clothing fit for all ages up until the girls turn 10 rotats old. There are various styles of dresses and swimwear there. They will be the hit of Velen fashion for a long while. You should also have a variety of plush dolls and even a few models of some of the vessels that we fly. Most of them are fancified toy versions. I made sure to have them include a hanging model of the Pramuka. It's really more of an artistic representation of the craft, meant for kids to zoom around the room. I had a few toys like it when I was younger, and now look where I am. I had to laugh a little about the story you told of Urko and how he came to know he wanted to be a pilot himself. I will have to send him some of my early declassified flight logs, and even journal entries from my academy days. I think we may have a lot more in common than he believed. It was heart-touching to hear about the younger version of him. I know that I also felt very similar when I was growing up. I had stories of my natural father, Kezi, and of course, all of the communications about Juniper to inspire me, just like he had that admiral. Sometimes you just know that you need to be out there doing something, like you were born for it. Okay, I should probably mention that I'm actually out there now and not at home. It was time for me to get back out into deeper space, so I took on a mission to head out to Tekor Havala to do a routine inspection of the mining facility there. That's why I wasn't with Aaron and Mom when your message came in. It's still not as exciting as venturing off to a new solar system, but I needed to stretch the old space legs and venture further out than just the two moons. I am the commander of the Kohala, with a crew of about 200 engineers and scientists. I'm attaching a small vid of me walking through some of the main decks. You can see it looks a lot like the Arasi, with some minor improvements. We have a mission to conduct repairs and bring supplies to the new colony on the station in orbit there. Would you believe that the simple station I helped to establish now has a complement of 500 personnel working at it? It's growing with each visit as more and more facilities come online. When I get back though, I plan on taking the Yana out for a good long spin around the harbor. The video you sent of Andy's race was spectacular. I could really feel the tension and energy in it. While I think there was some more specific words that didn't translate as well, or there was just too much noise going on in the background, I knew exactly what was going on and could see the crew react just as my old crew would have. They all worked together, and at that point, you really don't even need to know the language, because you're all speaking the same in your actions and what needs to get done. You may mention to him that if he uses a patani hitch on his lead line, he may be able to loosen it faster. It could help his reaction time. <laughs> I am sure that you wouldn't have any trouble understanding all that was said in that video, since you are fast becoming a master of multiple languages. Heimavinen, Velen, and now Ancient? Who knows how many other dialects you have hidden away inside that head of yours with all of the traveling that you're doing. You should know that we also have a concept of Vasca or Sampa here, 
It's extremely frowned upon on Vela. Just look at the CS3. When we returned from our adventure, the entire craft was dismantled and either recycled for its parts or examined extensively for the investigation. None of it was just thrown away. That's how many of us feel about everything here. Nothing goes to waste. Early on in her career as a council member, Mom even fought to pass legislation on a number of housing projects that were set aside for some of the more vain members to show how special they are. She denounced them as disgraceful and, as you would call it, Vasca. Since then, everything is built with a purpose, and when that purpose is done, it's reused or recycled in a way that benefits all of us. Even the network follows this theory. When you and I started building out our little digital playground, it was all built using a few older, small systems in the radio labs. At least, that's where our side of things resides. These were systems that were slated to be decommissioned and reused in other parts of the community, and Mama Amai gave me access to them to see what I could build. When it started to grow, Mom asked the council to provide a small amount of funding to the labs for upkeep. So you can tell Bjorn that, while the community of the network may be working on it for free, the general upkeep and systems are actually funded by the council and maintained by the radio labs. They don't actually require much, though. The whole setup sits in a small corner of the data center, and the only real involvement that people there have is to check that it's still running. The community of the network itself are just people that want to see it grow and are passionate about the project. That's payment enough for them, just like it was for us when we were growing up. Janine certainly understands that, as I have seen all of the work that she has poured into it. I'm sure that she would do an outstanding job on any commercial that she could work up for your company, especially if it involved me. I have a few notes about the storyboard, though. Could we maybe find a few more locations around Hymovina instead of anywhere in the Alithian system? Like, maybe even at the top of the Twin Sisters. I'm not sure how welcome I would feel on Alondra. If you're going to utilize all of this talent, I would hate to waste it on some place that doesn't like aliens. That would be Vasca. That reminds me. You know that the trade talks are still underway and that Bella is producing all of the vessels that are used for the delivery probes. Well, many of those are now in operation and running the routes that the SA3 and 4 used to run. Since we have been collecting data for so many Rotats now about all of the variables that occur between Fenora and Vela, and even out here to Tekor Havala, the SI has been expanded to run operations of the TC line of craft. That stands for Trade Commission, because the VSA is not usually the most inventive when it comes to naming their vessels. There are a whole fleet of them now running regular rotations between the bustling new settlements in our system. The ESSA line of craft are being dismantled and reused for parts and other projects, of course. Some of the best news out of the VSA is that they were finally able to replicate another two versions of the paired particle communication system and have installed them at Fenora and Tekor Havala, which is how I was able to talk to Mom and Aaron so easily when I sent them your latest news. They haven't solved the range issue to allow it to communicate all the way to Haimavina yet, but in our own system, it seems to work pretty well. The individual targets have to be somewhat stationary, well, at least as stationary as a planet rotation can allow. 
From what I have seen of these settlements, they are going to make good use of that communication. Do you remember when we first started building out Fenora, and it was just one base camp around the Crimson Sun? Well, that base camp has grown into an entirely new city. It houses over 50,000 people there in various roles, and it's still growing. Most of the facilities there are in domes and sealed underground environments to allow for a more normal atmosphere, but many people are adapting really well. There are transit systems set up all over to allow for expansion too. The TC vessels are bringing in new workers and citizens looking to create a new life off of our home world. Everything from scientists to gardeners. The second installation on the other side of Fenora is growing at the same rate and just recently topped close to 10,000 people there. While the main location boasts the attraction of the Crimson Sun, the second likes to tout that it has an amazing view of the mountain ranges in the distance. And since it's on the equator of the planet, it receives a more normalized schedule of light from Von La. I have visited both of them, and I think I would agree that I like the second one more. The views are nice, and because it's newer, it has a lot more comforts of home. It feels weird to refer to them as first and second. The council is still in debate on what to call these settlements, but the locals just refer to them as Feisa and Feroa. Sometimes I wonder if it's really the delay between our worlds that's causing the trade talks to take so long, since my people can't even decide on what to call a new settlement in a timely fashion. I was really touched by your story of Alora and her belongings that you recovered. The items that you discovered and, most importantly, what she wrote about all of her school, including you, were wonderful. To think that she knew about you so early on, and even she could see that you had such potential. Not to mention all of the stuff about Andy and Bjorn's involvement in his rescue. I'm sad that Raythea didn't see all of the good that Alora was in her life and pick up some of those qualities. Given all of that, I am also sad to hear that Andy is derailing my plans to get Bjorn out to Haimovina. I think that Andy is scared that if Bjorn actually makes it to your homeworld, that he would fall in love with it so much that he would want to uproot everything and live there instead. Which means that you would want to move back to Haimovina to have the kids Vendari be closer permanently. And that would ruin his plans to have you become a true Illithian. See, I'm on to you, Anduin. Maybe once the CS line of vessels is operational, we can just get Bjorn on one of those and he won't have to feel anything from the trip. You just jump and then boom, you are where you intended to go. Well, kind of. Assuming that you intended to go somewhere across the galaxy where you don't know where you are. Clearly there are some bugs to work out on that one. Well, one improvement that is being made to some of the Velen craft is a fascinating new bit of technology that may actually make Bjorn feel a little more at ease. The brains down at the labs have been experimenting with the MagSail MagShield technology again, and they think they have developed something interesting. By inverting the field that is generated by the mag engine, they discovered that instead of creating magnetic field that is projected outwards, it actually generates a gravitational pull inwards towards the device. I'm sure this sounds a little weird. Like, why would we want to create something that produces a pull towards itself? Well, 
They have already figured out how to reduce the size of the mag drive, and by producing multiple versions of this new technology, they can install them inside the deck plating of any space-bound vessel to actually create a simulated gravity on board the craft. This is still in the initial testing phase of the project, and they have only done a few minor versions on a small shuttle. But the reports coming in are promising. Javi actually got to do some of the initial test runs of the shuttle, and he said it feels really weird. If you're standing still in the bay where they're installing the plating, he says it feels mostly normal. But when you walk across the floor, you can actually feel the subtle shifts as each new drive takes over its pull for the next section. He said he only threw up three times during his first flight, and since then, it's gotten a lot better. I have asked to see some of the footage of the experiments. Not because I was interested in the technology, which I actually am, but mostly because I wanted to save a few videos of Javi getting sick so that I could give him a hard time about it. That's what friends do, right? If all goes well with it, in a few more rotats, we should see the development of this new mag plating on a lot of new vessels, and it would eliminate the need for the habitat rings and allow for a lot more functionality to be built into our craft without all of the mass and extra materials needed to create them. With any luck, we could have some nicer stations and vessels that would entice Aaron to come out on more missions with me. I know that the transition between microgravity and VSG is the hardest part for her. So anything that would make it better, I'm all for. Please send all of my love to the newest additions and tell them that Uncle Jason is doing everything he can to come out and visit as soon as we are capable. May the waves guide and protect them. Jason, 50. Log entry, Jaime Vina 80, 2385, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, Jason. Thanks for the pictures of the new stations, bases, and the tour of the Kohala. That was really cool. What a great-looking spacecraft. I like how everyone who passed your camera would address you as commander and then wave at the camera for me. I finally feel like I got a sense of what it's like to be you at work. That was a real treat. So, who's that good-looking guy with the purple scales that stopped to talk to you? You told him who you were making the vid for and he grinned and it looked like he was an officer? And when you panned the dining hall, he waved at the camera and blew me a kiss. Andy saw it and joked that I can't go to Vela because he can't compete with all the handsome Velans who will try to steal me away from him. <laughs> he doesn't have anything to worry about. He's been spending a lot of time in the gym with the sailing team. Let's just say he's not the skinny nerd anymore. <laughs> I see that your bunk is full-sized and way nicer than your previous bunks. An actual sofa and a desk? Remember Mari's first apartment in Stromsheim? Yeah, your bunk is bigger than that. But seriously, why do you still have my premiere photo hanging up? I have sent you plenty of better pictures. In fact, I have a couple new ones from the recent old family spread. My parents made the cover, again, with the girls. I swear, I am babysitting my parents' grandchildren half of the time. But inside, there's one of me and the girls all piled on Andy. It's ridiculously adorable. We're all dressed in white on a black sand beach. I have to tell you, the photographer was amazing. 
I swear he was using some kind of ancient magic to get Astra to sit for that long. The new settlements on Fenora look and sound very exciting. The colonists are true modern explorers on a new land and carving out another place in the system for Velens. I would love to know more about their daily lives and what motivated those who aren't scientists to move there and their experiences since arriving. When I told Rune about this, you could see the journalists in him getting excited. In a small way, it's like the Hymavenans who have moved to a new planet in the Lithian system to start a new life somewhere exciting. Granted, the conditions are much easier, and these people are just moving to another city, not building a new town from shipments from Vela. But even with all the Hymavenans who have made the permanent move, we have not made that much of an impact on the population. Hymavenans' population is still very steady, and yes, I've heard all of the jokes. No, Andy and I are not trying to raise the Hymavena population ourselves. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but I can attest that being a Hymavenan is a bit of a novelty in the Alithian system. And when I'm on Alondra, most people assume I'm famous because I have a couple of bodyguards. But when I'm on Viron, I'm a regular person, and the only thing that stands out is my accent. If someone hears me speaking, after their initial shock of meeting a Hymavenan, they ask where I'm born, and they're always delighted to hear that I'm from Hopnina, and are always quick to tell me how their ancestors are also Yothian. It's actually very sweet, and the Veronians are so friendly. I wonder if the kids that are born on Fenora will feel the same way in centuries to come when they meet someone from where their ancestors are from. I had no idea the council was so pained for the network on your side. That's great. On Hymavina, the network is still on its own server at the Academy, and the funding comes from the Alumni Fund and a couple of very large endowments from two house corporations. Can you guess which ones? <laughs> as far as mana pregnancies, the timing has to be perfect for us to conceive too. We may not have an elaborate mating ceremony, but we have our own intimate rituals. Sometimes people aren't able to conceive right away either. And there are plenty of people in my family who have miscarried or lost a child early. And we all know Bjorn and Yana's story. Andy and I feel incredibly fortunate to have these three babies, all healthy and happy. And I often think about your mom when I'm holding one of the girls. And I think about her looking at you and choosing to raise you. And while she may have not carried you, her timing was also perfect. Well, three children under three seemed like a good idea at the time. We were just so excited to try for more kids, but it's definitely a lot of work. When we got them all in the same eating and sleeping schedule, it was like a dream because those first couple months, I felt like I always had a baby attached to me, even while sleeping. We do have a great nanny and my mom took a year off to help us. Raythe and Reese also came out for a few months, so we feel really lucky. Calista and Ragna are over a year old now, and as you can see from the pictures, they are both adorable, pudgy, happy babies. They are constantly trying to talk to Astra by mimicking her sounds. And the five of us will be playing on our bed, and I swear the three of them are having an entire conversation with giggles and baby noises. Andy and I usually just laugh and can't believe that we made these sweet little people. As far as looks go, I thought Astra looked a lot like Andy as a baby, but as she's gotten older, she looks more like Alora. Raythea even brought a bunch of toddler pictures of Alora. Astra has Alora's cute freckles across her perfect nose and cheeks, and has the same wavy hair. 
Even her green eyes sometimes look very Vinstrasso blue. The twins, on the other hand, are looking very Newt's Park, with their fuller lips and heart-shaped faces and their longer ears. For their sake, I hope they look like my gorgeous mom. Astra, of course, is still fighting for the most attention, and she's very clear on her thoughts on every matter. I thought I was a pretty good advocate. I have been on the interplanetary trade delegation, brokered contracts, and even helped orchestrate a couple of joint hostile takeovers, including taking down House Lind, all of which took less effort than negotiating with Astra. (laughs) This one instance really stands out. We were trying to get everyone situated so we could head out to the Stromsheim waterfront to watch the mirror lights. My mom and I were finishing putting the twins in their vehicle seats when Andy called to me for help. When I walked into Astra's room, Andy was holding several clothing options in his hands, and Astra stood there with her arms crossed in just her diaper, snow boots, and her toy empress crown. It was so precious, I almost started laughing, but Andy shot me a look and mumbled, Your daughter is being difficult. And then he handed me the clothing. I held in my laughter. I love how she's my daughter when she's acting stubborn. (laughs) Apparently, she didn't like what Andy picked out for her and told me so. About 10 minutes of arguing her case, a couple of objections from Daddy, and a sidebar with just Mommy, I got Astra settled on wearing her new velen skirt over her green snowsuit, yellow snow boots, and her emperor's crown on top of her wool hat. (laughs) The next time I have a difficult Samcoma representative, I will just leave Astra with them and go for a fika. She'll have them agreeing to all of my terms by the time I get back. (laughs) But when Astra is not being difficult, she's definitely daddy's girl. She wants to be around Andy all of the time especially when she gets hurt or scared. She always calls out to him. If I come to check on her, she tells me, no, I want daddy. Andy loves being her hero. They are so cute. But that all disappears when Bjorn is around. The twins were close to a year old when we returned to Viron, and I had just met Bjorn at the door of my parents' vacation home when we both heard, Bee! Astra must have heard his voice from the great room, because she jumped out of Andy's lap and ran down the hall as fast as her little toddler legs could carry her. But what we weren't expecting was the twins to shuffle after her. The twins wouldn't remember Bjorn as we returned to Hymavina when they were newborns. But they mimicked Astra and called out as clear as a winter morning, Bee! And they all gave him hugs and kisses like long-lost pals. Bjorn was in baby heaven as he figured out a way to carry all of them back to the great room, much to their delight. (laughs) Andy didn't even mind, because he also adores Bjorn, and when the two of them are around each other, it's really cute. Did you know that they're still playing that same Toffle game? (laughs) But unlike Astra and her total devotion to Bjorn, the twins love everyone. When you smile at them, they're your best friend. They're so silly. (laughs) Thank you so much for the gifts. I have attached pictures of Astra in all the sizes that fit her, there are also pictures of the twins playing with their plushies. Ragna loves all the spacecraft toys and has decided they are hers. As predicted, all of them are style icons and the parents who see them have to know where I got their clothes, especially the swimwear. It's really great fabric. 
I love how quickly it wicks dry when they're out of the pool. You know, if a couple bikinis in my size made it into the next shipment, I would be very grateful. And if you don't already know, my favorite color is black. <laughs> Thinking about what you said about the Velens waiting to have children reminds me of being on the playground in the Elithian system. On Haimavina, I'm an average age parent. But here, the parents' ages range from my age to people in their hundreds. There's no rhyme or reason. Raythea was over 100 when she had Andy. Sonnet was almost 80 when she had Hannah. But Bjorn was in his 40s when Janine was born. I guess the timing is when it's right for them. Mari and Kai are still desperate for babies, but changed their minds when they saw how much work the twins are. <laughs> they said they're fine to let nature take its course now. <laughs> but they're both great with all of the girls, and they will be natural parents when it happens for them. You may have already seen that Team Barbarian won this past season. So they're all very happy. Team Chimera were the favorites at the beginning of the season, but Team Barbarian was really on fire. I've attached pictures of them on the segment after they won, spraying sparkling vin all over themselves. Vasca. The next season will be on Alondra. They're going to start training here in a few weeks. So we're back here as Andy begins the press and promotional vids. Andy's family is thrilled that we're going to be here for a year. Raythe and Reese want us to move back to the compound so they can see the girls all the time. We often talk about how much easier it was with the girls at the Jorgensen estate with my parents around. Personally, I think it would be nice to move back to the compound to have more family around. Andy's family is so big, and I want the girls to have those strong connections to the cousins and other aunts and uncles. I always loved when we spent weekends at the Fjallstad estate. My cousins and I got into so much mischief. <laughs> you remember my stories. Aunt Thora says that she won't forgive you for daring me, Heather, and Kai to dig up that side of that hill to make a water slide into the natural hot spring. <laughs> it was still so much fun, though. <laughs> we asked Gaius and Janine to be the twins Verndari. The ceremony wasn't as dramatic as Astra's, and we held it at Gaius and Joel's house on Alondra, and it was just for our friends. Coincidentally, it was the first time we have merged all of them since the stag party. <laughs> There was lots of reminiscing and jokes about that night, and everyone was on their best behavior. I even caught Catherine and Janine chatting and laughing with each other. The twins were great, but as usual, Astra was the center of attention. Andy and I are convinced that she gets that from you. <laughs> Don't get me started about learning ancient. Personally, I think Velen is harder, with all its hard consonants and words with one letter different that sound the same. Nikolai has been a patient and forgiving instructor. His son, on the other claw, is not. As you remember, Bjorn is also fluent, and now insists on speaking to me in ancient when it's just us. I agree that sharing this esoteric language is useful for private conversations in public, especially when we're in the same coma. But he can be a little more chill when I mess up a word. He usually just gives me a look and sighs, and then goes into where I messed up the grammar. Janine and her sister's comprehension of ancient is limited to simple directions and curse words, so they think I'm crazy for humoring their dad and grandfather. Erko told me that ancient is still used in the fleet for certain commands, though he declined to elaborate when I asked. The house rules and rights use ancient as well, but I never hear it in everyday conversation. The last time we were at Sun and Dog Brunch at Sonnet and Erko's, I had a full conversation with Bjorn, Sonnet, and their parents in ancient. And it was the first time I felt like I was actually getting the hang of it. In interesting news, I told Kai about the new mag plating. 
He mentioned that the technology sounds similar to the shipboard grab that the Alithians and Verkstad use. Kai knows that the VSA is not keen on mixing Heimavina technology again, as you were part of that experiment. <laughs> but maybe after the trade talks, House Newspark's board might be open to sharing some research on their new technologies. All of the Alithian advanced technology is so ubiquitous to me now that I just use it without really stopping to think about it. I guess we just adapt to the new normal. But there are some people in my family that forget that we have access to all these advancements. You may have already heard this story from your mom, as my mom tells everyone. But I'm going to tell you anyway, because it's funny. After Mana turned 100 years old, and then again at 200, and so on, it is recommended that they have a huge battery of medical tests and procedures. My mom, Helgi, and Juniper have all turned 100, and they were discussing getting ready to begin their procedures. Bjorn's look of confusion turned to horror as my dad explained the prep before one of the more undignified procedures. Bjorn asked my dad why he didn't get it done on Viron, because the sentry checkup is just a body scan that takes a matter of minutes. As everyone was laughing at my dad, we all pointed out that he should have known, being a medical doctor. My dad quickly reminded everyone that he was a pulmonologist, not an internist. I tried not to laugh, but I couldn't help it. My dad rarely makes a mistake, and sometimes I like to remember that conversation to make myself feel better. <laughs> well, earlier today, the Von Lickbook ladies, Octavia Hughesby, Helena Uklin, and Kristen, head of House Gibson, treated me to a day spa in Brengard. The spa was great, and exactly what this mommy needed. I got a massage, I had my nails done, and I got this amazing kelp body wrap and facial. Standing in the mirror looking at my body, I felt a little sad to see all my pregnancy stretch marks had disappeared, only because I felt like I earned them. Remember that scar I had on my cheek from the attack? Look, it's gone. Crazy, right? Anyway, afterwards, I joined the ladies by the indoor pool for cocktails and lunch. We were just chatting and having a great time when it dawned on me that I was getting boozy with three of the most powerful women in the Mana Empire, and I was being treated like one of the girls. And I remember Bjorn telling me once, I may be friendly with them, but I will never be able to get into the old madam's club. If the opportunity presents itself... You will only get one shot, my sweet. And it dawned on me that this was my audition. Jason, these women are no fools and can spot a Pascan Levitaya from across the room. I slowly transformed myself away from Happy Mama CJ to the scion of House Jorgensen. When the conversation turned to the Valen trade talks, I knew this was a test. Because it's an open secret that I want to be on the delegation as one of the private sector's advisors. I grinned, sipped my vin, and I got myself on the delegation. Fast yeah! <laughs> on my way home, I immediately called Bjorn from the vehicle. I knew he and my dad were on Viron together at their regular racquetball game. Racquetball is like Skawata. Anyway, once Bjorn and my dad were on the screen, I told them about the afternoon. And they just grinned and bumped their fists like they always do, and told me I did a good job. Ha! <laughs> To have Bjorn and my dad tell me I did a good job, I have been practically dancing on air all evening. <laughs> Andy was equally proud, and he picked me up and twirled me around like he always does. 
Astra and the twins were jumping around too, even though they didn't know what was going on, just that we were both happy. He also had a surprise for me, and opened up a picture on his portable desk. It was of a house that just came on the market down the street from Gaius and Joel. It has a yard, a pool, and a shuttle pad. (laughs) Andy said that he didn't purchase it because he always felt bad about purchasing the flat and hopping it without asking. I laughed, and I asked him if he was lying, and he blushed and admitted that he had just put in an offer, just in case. (laughs) We're going to go see the house tomorrow. (laughs) He makes me laugh. (laughs) Love always, CJ, age 50. Blog entry, Vela 81. Vela Rotat 2705, cycle 3 of the second annual. Hey, hey, Siege. It would seem that you're settling into the role of a mother pretty well. My mom would tell me stories about how she would be at her wit's end in trying to keep up with all of my own antics, and, as she would call them, seedzen capers that you and I would cook up. Like the time that we dared each other to find the seediest parts of the city and take vids of us breaking something or leaving a mark in an area. That little tea shop in downtown CNR still has the For Linnea marked on the side in the alley. Next time I'm down that way, I'll have to send you a photo. It's a little faded now, but you could still see it. I did make it back home after a long trip out to Tekor Havala. I wish I could say that the time aboard the Kohala was fun and exciting with lots of adventure, but it was really long, boring, and filled with paperwork and logistics. Command of a spacecraft can be tedious at times. Most of it was a lot like the last trip I made out there. Crew rosters, reports, and maintenance logs. We did our best to include some fun for the crew, of course. Organizing events that follow some of the holidays back home even setting up a small splash tournament in the gym pools. Maybe I should have hit up Javi's brother for some lessons, because it turns out I am really not that great. When we did the team selections, I could see the trepidation in the eyes of some of the crew members about not wanting to piss off the commander, but not wanting me on their team either. It's kind of sad to be picked last on your own vessel. When it came down to the final pick, I did everyone a favor and faked a notification on my terminal and then excused myself to take care of important commander business. You know, the Kahala isn't that different from the Urasi when it comes to our spacecraft, although my quarters are just a tad larger than they were before. Command does have its perks. The room is actually larger than it seems on the vid. I shouldn't be surprised that you were able to pick out some of the little details. You always did have a keen eye for such things. I know I have a lot more recent photos of you, but I like the premiere photo. That will always be my CJ. Back when it was just you and me against the whole universe. The CJ that stole my heart and made me believe that I was able to reach out and touch the stars, and then encouraged me to do just that. You may make fun of me for it, but I know that you still have that VSA graduation photo of me lurking around that huge place of yours. The one with the really goofy smile on my face because Javi was off to the side making kissy noises? I think he knew I would send it to you before they even got published. Sometimes I miss those days. Dreaming of going out and visiting other planets before the Alithians and the ancient worshippers, even before the Crimson Sun was discovered. You were just a student 
learning to navigate the political waters of business, and I was just learning to navigate the actual waters of sailing. Now you're the head of a house company that employs 300,000 people and taking over other companies, and I'm the commander of my own spacecraft, and have even ventured further out than any of us ever thought possible. Can you even imagine what we would say to those younger versions of ourselves? I'm pretty sure I would say, check the de-icing capability of the glide assembly. It's really interesting that others find a Heimavenan being on Viron such a novelty. I guess the closest that we would have to that sort of effect would be the people who have settled on Venora. They are all sequestered in the two main colonies now and are so blended in with each other that it's a very common question to ask where someone's school is from. And it's almost always a different answer. The great thing about it is that it doesn't matter to any of them. The facilities there were built to mimic the look and feel of buildings back home from all regions, and even some new designs that were specifically for Fenora. People from all career paths come in to find new life there and contribute what they can to build up the colony. Those from science and agricultural backgrounds bring their family and just start over there. I have even heard that there have been a few new children given forth there. How strange must it be to be born a Velen, but never having stepped on Vela? They joke that the new additions are not even Velen, but Fenoran. If you had really paid attention to that tour vid, you would have noticed that next to your premiere photo are also a number of photos of Astra, Ragna, and Callista. There's even one of you and Andy surrounded by all three of my nieces. Now I have some new ones to add to the wall. The girls all look adorable in their Velen garb. I still can't believe that you have three kids now. I'm sure you're very happy to have the support of everyone around you to help out with all of them. I know a few people back here that ended up coming home with two children, and anytime I see them, they look exhausted. Even Sona and Joru have their moments where I think they just want to fall asleep all day, and they only have pay. Speaking of which, Pei has been asking me if she could start messaging with Astra. I told her that I would ask you if it would be alright, but knowing what I do about Pei's lineage and Astra, I fear that something like marking a wall on the side of a shop would be the least of our worries. I'm enclosing her routing info and I will let you make that decision if you want to. She is only 9 now and I know that Astra is still very young, but I don't even remember how old we were when we started talking. I'm sure that Astra will probably be far too busy to talk, though, as it sounds like she is making a run for one of your Samcoma offices in how she handles negotiations. Maybe you could put in a good word for her to also work on the negotiations for the trade talks between there and Vela. I'm sure she will have the council agreeing to all of their terms in less than an annual. Which leads me to the congratulations that are due for your new appointment to the delegation for those talks. That's outstanding and well-deserved. I have heard that the Tenga station is being outfitted now in preparation for talks between our people, and that there is an entire section that is being built to resemble a blend of architecture for both Haimavina and Vela. I snuck a few peeks at the designs when I was at Mom's office, and the conference room looks like someone blended the Samcoma and Council chambers into a single room. If you end up going there, eventually, you will have to let me know what the final layout looks like. 
I am sure they will be installing a gift shop with various wares from Vela on the station as well, so maybe you can pick up your own outfits from what they have. I will make sure to contact a few of the tailors here and advise them that they should look into sending some stuff to the station. Did you know that the fabric you were talking about is how all of our clothing is made here? We are constantly in and out of the water, so having something that wicks away moisture is a must. It would be very weird to take a transit system to work and then show up soggy. I have even seen some rather intricate Haimavina designs done using vellum materials so that they look great after coming out of the water. Sometimes I think it's amazing that we can come up with such a fascinating technological breakthrough as that kind of a material. I am sure that someone a long time ago got tired of dressing warmly to handle colder waters, but was frustrated at still being wet after getting somewhere. Tech always comes from the weirdest needs. Being away from home for so long and actually feeling it this time made me miss Aaron all that much more. When I got back, I put in for a short leave and we decided to go travel to Laar to visit with some of Aaron's friends. She also wanted to show off where she grew up and I was more than happy to accompany her as long as I got to walk on solid ground and swim in non-recycled water for a change. We actually found her first apartment near Gisto Academy and the residents were more than happy to let us come up for a tour. They joked that with the SI integration, it was like a part of her was still there. She rolled her eyes at the comment, but smiled all the same. She took me into what used to be her old bedroom and talked about how she would spend quarter tides on end, plunking away at her terminal while staring out the window at the high-rise buildings across the way. Well, the ones she could see anyways. The view was partially obscured by a huge advertisement board, and the lights on it would flicker a lot. She told me that she always likes having a window nearby when she's working because it allows her to see the rest of the world and reminds her that the work she is doing is not just for herself, but for everyone out there. Then we stopped off at the academy and met up with a few of her old friends that work there now. We all sat around the cafeteria and ate lunch while they traded stories of things they did while growing up. Some of the stories sound like things that you and I did at a distance. I had no idea that Erin was quite the adventure seeker when she was younger. She plays off this whole persona of playing it safe now, but when she was younger, she actually climbed up to the top of the campus clock tower on the outside also, she could plant a flag at the top and hit the bell three times to let everyone know she had done it. If you thought her scales shimmered before, you should have seen the shade they turned when that story got told. She said that if she didn't do it, the group was going to make her go to the graduation ceremony in a botsy, and there is no way that she would do that. Plus, the top of the clock tower was away from people and the view was amazing. After we left the academy, we visited a small place that she said served the best Luana in town. She wasn't wrong. I tried to ask the owners if I could get the recipe for it, and he told me that it was a guarded secret that had been handed down for generations. Seriously, CJ, take the best thing that you have ever eaten and multiply that by a thousand, and you may come close to how good this Luana tasted. Aaron just sat and watched my face while I devoured it. It was great to watch her eyes sparkle as she looked at me enjoying something that she grew up on. I seriously started to wonder why she even left this place. Stuffed full of incredible food, we headed out to a small secluded beach because she wanted to surprise me with something. It was getting pretty late and Von La had already set, so it was pretty dark out. 
but there was still a scattering of people around here and there on the beach. We found a spot and spread out a blanket and just lay there staring at the stars. Every now and then she would check her terminal. I thought she was just keeping tabs on work stuff, but she was actually checking the time. About a quarter tide after we sat down, the waters out just beyond the shore started to change. It turns out that it was just the right time and temperature for the bukya to start mating. The bukya are a strange creature that light up all on their own when they go through their mating ritual, and they all gather in one place to do it. It just so happens that one of those places is this small area near the beach. CJ, it was like one moment we were watching the water spread out in front of us, and the stars would meet with them. And then the next, the stars extended down into the water. The whole coastline lit up with small pinpricks of light, and right in front of us, you couldn't tell where the water ended and the sky began. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I held onto Aaron's hand, and we just sat there for most of the evening, staring out at the mixture of stars and bukya, guessing if a point of light was one or the other. We flew back home the next cycle, since she actually had to go back to work. Oh, I almost forgot to mention, Erin started teaching at the CNR Academy for Science. She still works at the SI lab for specific projects, but since the SI integration has grown so much, she has full teams there now doing most of the work. She felt like she should start giving back and helping others learn to create like she did. I got to sit in on one of her classes and watching her give inspiration to so many young minds made me realize how incredibly brilliant she is. Speaking of teaching, maybe you should try and teach Nikolai and Bjorn Velen as a revenge for them taking you through Ancient. I'm attaching some of the early tapes from various dialects that are more obscure than what normally gets sent to Haimavina. They are from remote areas of the countryside and there are even some words in there that I can't pronounce. And I speak this language. They always like to say, it's not what you say, but how you say it. Some of the emphasis is on the first syllable, sometimes it's on the second. And then in a different dialect, there's no emphasis at all. I don't even know how that works, and every time I try to say something, it always comes out wrong. Thankfully, some of these are only really spoken in some small villages out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, I'm also attaching a number of photos for you to share with Andy. I know he will appreciate my latest investment. I have purchased a whole new skiff. I have named it the Astra, and it's three times the size of the Yana. The Yana was always more of a small racing and leisure skiff with barely room enough for me. So it was time to expand and get something that I could really take out for extended trips and have at least some of the comforts of home. The Astra has a full cabin with room for up to six people to live comfortably, a full kitchen, and living area. Of course, it has the usual upgraded stabilizers for rough seas, which were marked as mandatory for Aaron to even consider going out with me. She did go out with me on the Astra's maiden voyage, though. We took another long cycle break and sailed around the northern parts of Sanoth, just drifting through the waves and enjoying the ocean air. She told me that the new skiff handles much better than the Yana, and that she barely felt sick at all most of the time. We would pause along the way to enjoy a dip into the waters, and sometimes just sit out on the deck and enjoy the scenery. Thankfully, that view included Aaron. 
Some of those photos are the two of us laying out under Von La. Javi actually asked if he could buy the Yana off of me so he could sail alongside the Astra on some of our adventures, but still have his own space. You will be happy to know that I told him no. Partly because I know how he handles skiffs, and I wouldn't trust him with a Connie-sized skiff, much less the Yana. Mostly it's because the Yana and I have been through a lot together, and it was my first. I plan to still use it when I need to be alone or need to think on things. There is always something to think about lately with everything that's been going on. I have to say that for the first time in a very long time, I'm actually a little jealous of your newfound life as a parent. I love hearing stories of your kids and it fills me with hope and joy for all of our futures. But I always put up a good face when talking about my own situation with Aaron or with mom. I know that Aaron sees the pictures of your kids or even pay and I can see a little bit of the longing for something more. But she knows of the ruling of the council and is supportive of me in spite of it. Still, there's a part of me that wonders what it would be like to bring a life into the world that is a part of me. Something that will live on after I'm gone. Back when the topic would get brought up with mom, she would say that the ruling prohibited the mating ceremony, but that doesn't prevent us from adoption or even what Joru and Javi did. But I don't know. I just feel like there's so much going on around here that maybe it's not the right time for any of it yet. While it weighs on me a little, I really do enjoy living vicariously through you and your adventures in parenting. Plus, who knows what the future may hold? It would be nice to experience firsthand all of the frustration and exhaustion that you're going through right now. Wow, that uh, sounds crazy to say out loud. On the subject of the future, I will say good luck on your delegation assignment, and I hope that something great comes from it, because we are that much closer than we have ever been before. Maybe when we say, see you soon, we can actually mean it. May the waves guide us. Jason, 51. You have been listening to an episode of The Binary Saga. The part of CJ is played by Vanessa Shannon Anderson. The part of Jason is played by Steve Petricelli. Music by Eric Matias and soundimage.org. Thank you to our Patreon members, Samantha and Rob and Mary Carnahan. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website. We have multiple levels of support, with lots of fun and special features like transcripts and photos. Or if you just want to donate to our Bjor and Sidrus funds, it's always appreciated. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook with at the Binary Saga. Want to ask us questions? You can join us on Discord for general chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. You can read the print version for the entire first and second season in Kindle or paperback on Amazon. Print versions include a number of extra stories and background information. Just search for the Binary Saga.